Welcome, everyone, to a Baseball America podcast along with Jim Schodert. I'm John Manuel. It's the College Podcast every Monday. We're brought to you by Louisville Slugger. Check them out on Instagram at Slugger Nation. Follow them on Twitter at Slugger Nation. Of course, follow us on Twitter at Baseball America. And this week's going to be a good week to follow us. Uh, conference tournaments around the country. As my pens go flying. And, uh, Jim, we're shipping you off to the Midwest. It's been, big ten, it's been big ten season all year, has, so why not yep. fall, finish up there? That's right. When I think when I when I pitched the idea, is like I've been on this Big Ten kick all year, so this is the this is the way to finish it. I think so. I think it's back to back years for BA staffing the Big Ten tournament, which I think we've done over thirty two so. previously yeah, before think- that. So kind of surprising. Um, SEC tournament. Mike Lanana will be there, and the Durham uh, Bulls Athletic Park here in our world headquarters of Durham is playing host to the ACC tournament. So we'll have a lot of guys at ACC tournament games all week. I think we talk a lot about the ACC term, uh, ACC during the year. I would love us to talk a little bit about um, I, what's at stake in these tournaments, Jim. And uh, that's the focus kind of of our conference tournament previews that you and the crew have been working on. Mm-hmm. So let's, let's start off there and as it relates to the top 25. Uh, in the rankings, LSU still number one. They go on the road. They win the regular season down in uh, Columbia, South Carolina. Is anything at stake for LSU in, in Hoover? It feels like for LSU, uh, they're number one. Are they going to – I don't even think they need to win the SEC tournament to be the number one national seed. Do they? You've had them at the number one so. seed in the projected field all year. It feels like winning the regular season should be good enough. Yeah, I can't imagine the SEC regular season champ uh, not being a, a national seed. I mean, maybe they wouldn't be number one overall. If they go two and Q, maybe they wouldn't be number one overall. But they, there's no way they're dropping out of the top eight. And could any team? Uh, what, what is there another team in the SEC that will be likely to overtake them for number one? I mean, Florida and A and M are the closest teams to them in the RPI. Doesn't feel like A and M with the way they've you know th- their last four series they're one three and one their last five series yeah, right. Yep. So in those it does not feel and the fact that they lost the head to head even though it was a tight series it was on the road but Rouge. yeah still loss is a loss exactly so unless they were to beat LSU in the conference tournament I don't and win it mm-hmm. I don't see how they're going to overtake them can Florida overtake LSU in the uh, a- as a top national seed if they were to win the tournament I feel like either I mean based on the standings you would say Vanderbilt but obviously they're lowest in the RPI I mean it's kind of tough I mean those those other three teams are all so tight as far right. as who's going to be, I, I can't see all four of them getting national seeds. I think there are enough other deserving teams from other conferences that they're not all four going to. So someone's going to get left out. I mean, if you're looking for a way to separate them, I mean, kind of like what you touched on. I mean, the fact of the matter is, is A&M has been trending down. Yep. And that's something the committee will look at. They look at your last 15 games. And, I mean, A&M, they, they swept Tennessee, but that's pretty much the only, that's the only series they've won in the last month or whatever it is. So, I mean, Florida just won that series at Vanderbilt. They, uh, then they beat Auburn this weekend. Vandy bounced back by uh, beating Alabama two out of three. And right. If, so it feels like, if I had to handicap it, it feels like the most pressure is on A&M to make a run. I agree. They need to show that, you know, with all their pitching injuries they've had, and obviously they've been struggling on the mound. I also think they were they were okay in the was they were okay in the game. They got to get a good outing from Grayson Long this weekend, but uh, so they gave up seven <laughs> runs in the, the game they lost to the uh, to the Rebels there. So. I feel like it feels like A and M. I haven't done my full uh, projection for this week. I'll have one up uh, tomorrow morning, but um, 
Right now, off the cuff, I would say A&M is probably the team that's on the outside looking in. Still going to be a one seed. They will. They'll still be host. host. There's no no danger there. But, it's a uh, very top-heavy league, though. We've talked about it a lot lately. It doesn't feel like uh, as good as the SEC is, and it's mm-hmm. the best league at the top this year. We've talked about th- that all year. They've had four teams in the top ten virtually since the day A&M broke into the top ten. Mm-hmm. But to me, Jim, just because it's a good league doesn't mean four of the top eight. I, I just wouldn't take into account... Well, they're an SEC team, so they need to be in this top eight. Yeah. To me, if you think A&M, if you're on that committee and you think a and one of the top eight resumes, then they should be in that top eight national seed. Not whether, whether they're in the SEC or not doesn't really factor in. I mean, it factors into their schedule, but their non-conference schedule was pretty weak. Pretty, pretty abominable. It was pretty, it was pretty, pretty bad. So um, it really does feel like for LSU, which is number one in our rankings, not a lot at stake this week. But for number six Florida, number seven Vanderbilt, and number nine Texas A&M, quite a bit at stake. You need to win. Whoever goes the furthest will probably be in good shape. Whoever, if someone goes two and out, they're going to be probably not. I mean, it's it's that thin. And uh, again, our Mike Lanana is there, and he's doing interviews there right now, so that's why he's not on the podcast. The rest of the league, though, Jim Missouri, which is trending way down, only three games over five hundred overall. Kentucky. South Carolina, which I think still has slim hopes of an at-large bid. Yeah, very slim, but slim. Ar- the yeah. Arkansas, Ole Miss, Auburn, Alabama. There's a lot at stake for all those teams because, to my mind, none of those seven teams I just mentioned, with the exceptions of Arkansas and Ole Miss, are in for sure. I think Arkansas and Ole Miss are in for sure. Don't you, do you agree? Yeah, correct, yep. Which of those other teams is in the most danger of not getting in? Alabama, I suppose? Well, certainly Alabama. I mean, the 12 and 18, that's... They they got to win probably minimum three games. Let's put them through your bubble matrix. You wrote the, matrix. the definitive bubble piece last week. If you haven't seen it, you definitely need to check it out at baseballamerica.com. Click on the college tab. Look for the bubble team headline. A couple of things that are in <coughs> Alabama's favor: good road record, eleven mm-hmm. and ten. Um, the RPI of fifty. They're in that range for at-large teams. They're certainly at the lower end of that range. Yep. I guess the real strike against them is the twelve and eighteen. 12 and 18. That's yep. that's going to be a killer. I mean, if like I said, if they get to if they can win three games, so they go three and two, they finish fifteen and twenty. I think there have been, I guess I, there is a case of a team that was fifteen and twenty when you comes to county conference tournament games. It has that could get you in, especially since they would be beating good teams, so their RPI would jump. And sixteen and twenty five against the top one hundred. That's a good number of games to play. It's forty one top hundred games. That's yep. not necessarily. That's a not great necessarily. Record. That's not going to help you that okay. much. That's why I thought I, I want to put these teams through the through the, through the, the Schoner yep. bubble matrix. Um, I have to use a different word than matrix. <laughs> Auburn trending down, Jim. Very trending down. Um, yeah, that was. Well, if, if there's one feather in Alabama's cap, it's that they killed Auburn's uh, chances. <laughs> if they don't get in, at least they were like Ahab with yes. their last breath. They struck at the, um, you know, all the everything I know about that uh, about Moby Dick I learned from Star Trek, sadly, um, and Wrath of Khan. Uh, but Auburn swept by Alabama, lose two or three at, at uh, Florida. Um, really, the biggest feather in their cap is what winning at South Carolina two out of three, which South Carolina is not even a. A cinch regional team. Yeah, I guess winning not... two or three against Ole Miss is probably their best series win, isn't it? Yeah, probably. I mean, really, they're they're in that they're in a boat with coming to some of these ACC teams we've talked about, like Georgia Tech and, and North Carolina. Like where the RPI is really the main thing they have going for them. I mean, they're thirteen and seventeen. If they were in the forties, they wouldn't even be in the mix, really. So, I mean, they've got a 
I mean, they have to win. It feels like two this. and two would be death for them too. Yeah, well, I mean, they have to win this uh, play. I think they're playing Kentucky in the, right. uh, the single elimination round. So if they lose that, I, I don't think thirteen and eighteen gets you in, high RPI or not. Um, if they can win that game, win maybe one or two more, then they're probably they probably would get in. But um, especially if they would be if they were to upset one of the big four teams, and they that probably would get them in. But uh, how about them in South Carolina? Because South Carolina, if South Carolina has a better week at the tournament, their RPI is sixty. Really feels like the crux of South Carolina's case would be again they're playing Missouri uh, in one of these Tuesday playing games, right? That's correct. Yep. So the crux of South Carolina's argument is ignore the RPI, focus on what we did at our best, which is win series against Vanderbilt and A and M, potentially two. Uh, top national, you know, national seeds, but those are. Am I correct? Are those the only series they won in league play? Uh, they beat Kentucky. I think the first. Uh, That's it. They swept Kentucky. That was it. Yeah. I mean, the eye test tells me South Carolina is not a regional team. No. And the RPI tells me an SEC team with a sixty RPI is not a regional team. No. But it feels like if they have a good week this week, Jim, they're going to get in. Why do Why do I think that? I mean, it could happen. I mean, it's kind of they're in the same. They're in this mix of if they can win a couple games, if they beat, I forget who they would play if they beat Missouri, but if they can win that, Florida maybe? I can't remember, but uh, I forget. I, I don't should have, have had the bracket in front of me. I'm but um, Yeah, I mean, if they win, so if they win those first two games, you know, you figure because these games are on a neutral field, the Rock probably would jump. Um, yeah, it's a, there's a, still a thin chance, but I wouldn't, uh, I mean, there's, I mean, there's no reason to expect them to do that because, in fact, matters they have one pitcher that you It'd can count Vanderbilt. on. It'd be Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt. They so if they beat Vanderbilt, yeah, then then maybe. But I mean, I haven't seen if they're throwing Jack Winecoop on Tuesday. But if they don't, they probably won't beat Missouri, even as much as Missouri struggled. Yeah, Missouri but, um, is struggling. But uh, yeah, I mean, maybe maybe if you can beat Missouri without Winecoop, and then you throw Winecoop against uh, Vandy, maybe that gets you get you where you need to be. But that's probably what it would take. Missouri also in that same boat to me. Missouri and South Carolina. Yeah, the loser of that game is done. That's that's what it feels like. The loser yeah. of that, the loser that's of that a, game that's is an elimination sure game. That's an elimination. I'm I'm totally with you on that one. Kentucky, I guess, is the other team in here that really is vexing Jim. Like I don't. Again, their peaks are awfully good, but their RPI is 56. Just so odd to see SEC teams with RPIs down here. It is. Those teams are all feels like they should all be on the wrong side of the bubble. They're. I guess Kentucky has. To me, what kills it is the top 100 records, 13 and 20, the road records under 500. What's the positive indices? What's the positive part of their resume besides... Just the fact that they went 14 and 15 is decent in the yeah. SEC. That's really... That's pretty much that is their case. I mean, yeah, there's not a lot of... I mean, they lo- I mean you throw in the loss series to uh, UC Santa Barbara earlier in the year. They haven't really... Look for who's, who's the best team they've beaten... Uh, LSU, of course. No, yeah, they duh, have, they but, have, um, but still, though, but yeah. So uh, your whole resume can't come down so. to three games. No, so. but yeah, I mean, they're yeah. If they don't, if they lose to Auburn, they're probably out. I mean, they're fifty six right now. It was that game they dropped to fifty eight or whatever. They're not. They're not going to get in that large down there, even with their, you know, with those marquee series wins that they have. Which I mean, it feels like they. I mean, if they. Can get in, I think they'd be dangerous. I mean, they've got. Seems like feels like Kyle Cody's pitched a little better recently. They've got this you want to pitch with uh, Brown and Beggs. I mean, they wouldn't be a fun team to face in a regional. But so I mean, they could very well go on a uh, a run here. But um, 
But your projected field you wouldn't, It would help them if they hadn't lost the series to Georgia. <laughs> that, that didn't help. Uh. But your projected field of 64, you had eight SEC teams. You still feeling okay about that? Still feel like it's eight, or could it be more, fewer? Uh, it feels it, like it's it's almost fewer. Yeah, I'd probably bet on fewer rather than more. I mean, if if uh, whoever wins this um, these play, if like if whoever wins that Missouri South Carolina game, if that team then. Goes 0 2 the rest of the way. That you know, neither of them will get in. Uh, the Kentucky and um, Auburn loser of that may very well be out, and it's probably the same deal. If whoever wins goes quietly afterwards, they may not get in. So, I think that would leave us with. I guess that well, there would probably be seven. I can't see them going getting six. Yeah, but, I can't see them getting fewer than seven. It still but, feels like eight is the right number mm-hmm. for that league, and there's going to be one team. With a lower RPI type team is going to get in. Yeah, one of those teams will probably will do enough to get in. But we have our four certain teams that all could be national seeds. We have Arkansas and Ole Miss. There's six. Two out of Missouri, Kentucky, South Carolina, Auburn, uh, and Auburn. Two of those four, I feel like, are going to get in. Mm-hmm. Tennessee or Auburn, I mean, Alabama would have to be a magical mystery tour of those exactly. teams. I guess Alabama has a slight chance because their RPI is competitive, but... Seems unlikely. Yeah, agreed. Uh, at, at the very least, what we can definitely say about the uh, Southeastern Conference is that it has a much better conference tournament format than the ACC. Neither of these conferences like their uh, these one-game play-ins. Well, the ACC, Jim, I think where we have to start in that league, first of all, kudos to um, Louisville, of course, mm-hmm. in that Louisville cruises uh, to the ACC championship Tough series this weekend against NC State. That was nipping nip and tuck. A mm-hmm. um, couple of a one-run win, a late rally win, sandwiched around a law, a one-run loss. It was a very competitive series, Jim, and speaks well of NC State, which isn't in the clear yet, but certainly no. seems in better shape for the uh, for the tournament. But Louisville wins the conference. They win it going away. Record number of league wins at twenty-five and five. And yet their RPI is nine. I mean, I guess does Louisville are they in any danger of losing a top eight national seed? Or I think they're still a national seed no matter what happens. I think so. I mean, if they if they went zero and three, maybe they could drop out. I wouldn't. I can't believe a team that goes twenty five and five in the ACC is not going to be a national seed, though. Even would, in a very mediocre yeah, ACC, yeah, that's it would take some disastrous chain of events to to not. For them to not be a national seed. How about Miami? I feel like Miami is the team that moved into the national seed picture this week, yeah. and Florida State dropped out. Yeah, that's that's definitely that's right on the money. I mean, Miami. It's been you know when I've been prognosticating them as you know to not be a national seed. I mean, they're for a while their top fifty record was under five hundred. You know they had these problematic head to head losses with uh, Florida, Florida State, Louisville, plus you know when Virginia when Virginia was kind of struggling. So they had these four losses, but they haven't series losses, but they haven't lost to anyone they shouldn't have and now kind of a uh, side benefit we talked about the uh, the wolf pack the probably the second team that's benefited the second most from uh, nc state's rise might be miami yeah because they swept state back in uh, march i guess it was and all of a sudden those have become three top 50 quality wins that might be their best series win now because because uh, unc's fallen off when that was for a while that was their best win but so I mean, just kind of the volume of miami's resume that should get them a top eight seed um, even despite the, the head-to-head losses with those other teams. I mean, their top 100 record is now uh, let's say, it's it's 25, 25 and 12. It's gaudy. It is gaudy. Their 51 to 100 record of 11 and 2 is mm-hmm. gaudy. Their offense is gaudy. This yes. is a team that has 
Toward the end of the year, we've gotten some questions of why the Hurricanes are ranked so low. We moved them up to 13 this week. But the big thing was, well, they lost that it was, series. It was. Who have you beat? That was they the, lost back-to-back back series yeah. of Virginia and Florida State. So we dropped them into that 17-ish range. And since then, sweep at Pitt, Bethune-Cookman, New York Tech, yeah, Florida Atlantic, and Georgia Tech. I mean, none of those teams are ranked. Georgia Tech's the only one over 500 for the weekend series. And then one midweek against Florida Atlantic. Mm-hmm. That said, you're going to play a week schedule like that, annihilate those they guys. Did. And they did, Jim. They, they really did. So, uh, I mean, I, I see both sides of the hurricane argument. Uh, I think what we've decided to do is we've got them in a little compromise mode of at 13. But that that's a hard team to get a read on mm-hmm. because they do have four series losses. And they've lost pretty much every they've, really good team they've pretty played. Much, yeah. I mean, and I don't think either of us think NC State or North Carolina is really good. No. <laughs> um, I think we both think they're kind capable. Kind of borderline regional teams, but not a Certainly. not something to hang your hat on, really. When you look at what's at stake in the ACC tournament, those two schools have some of the most at stake. Mm-hmm. Is North Carolina now on the bubble? I feel like they're on the bubble, and they could be out if they lose Tuesday to Virginia Tech. I think so. I mean... 13 and 16, you lose that game. I mean, and talk about really, a negative trends, yeah. six straight ACC losses exactly. to end the regular season. Really, them and Georgia Tech are in the exact same boat. I mean, their RPIs are back to back for that matter. Right. They're basically back to back in the standings at 13 to 16, 13 and 17. Georgia Tech, I certainly think, would be out if they lose to uh, Virginia. Uh, I just, they've been, the way they've played down the stretch, I just can't really can't see it. For Carolina, it's really that's that's a tough team to handicap. What they would what would happen to them? Your gut says your gut says they probably would not make it. But let me just pull up what their uh, kind of what their what their secondary numbers are here. I mean their road record's okay. They are they do have they do have a winning record against the top hundred. Barely. But ba- yeah, they barely. Do. But so twenty and seventeen. Yeah. They're, they're, you There's can nothing. See why their RPI is solid? I don't understand why it's so high than the yeah. they played UCLA, but. The eye test tells you that this team has uh, very little offensive, very little going right for it offensively right now. Mm-hmm. And just watching them against Virginia, uh, one team was aggressive and took some and played with confidence, and one team was North Carolina. You know, Virginia oh, they scored was, five runs in that series. I didn't realize it was that bad. Five runs all weekend, and Jim, it's just really it's been all year. And I know that there's a lot of emphasis that we've talked about their pitching staff, but that team's hitting two thirty seven. 348, 341 on the year mm-hmm. uh, ju- in league play. So just not a lot there offensively. Meanwhile, NC State really gave Louisville a big run, they Jim. Did. And yep. uh, I, so I, I want to talk about the, the Wolfpack, but also Florida State and Clemson. Yes. <laughs> Florida State and Clemson. Clemson sweeps the Seminoles. First off, I think that's just a giant middle finger from Jack Leggett and his team to Dan Radakovich, the athletic director. I'm sure it's not that harsh, but... A lot of chatter this year about this being Jack Leggett's last year, but he was going to get forced out. A lot of chatter about Kevin O'Sullivan being underappreciated at Florida. They just lost their basketball coach and Billy Donovan. Maybe they'd lose their baseball coach and Kevin O'Sullivan because Gator games aren't exactly a, a great atmosphere, and Clemson certainly has atmosphere for baseball. But Jack Leggett just went and, I think, seized an at-large bid, potentially, Jim. Potentially. They're at 55, but... So they still, if they win 0-3, they'd probably still be out. But if they can win just one game, they're probably getting in this week. What I like about Clemson's resume, A, they're finishing strong. B, they're right at 500 in their top 100, which you'd like a little bit better than that. But they're 20-21 and 21 against top 100 teams. Um, winning record on the road. 
Uh, and then again, this finish with this you know, out of their last 10, 15 games, a series loss to Louisville, which isn't great, uh, but it's not the end of the world. Um, the one that really could kill them is the series loss at Georgia Tech, right? Yeah, that could. That could hurt. I think they lost. Uh... Lost two or three. They lost to Wake Forest at home. I mean, they still have some early stuff that hurts them. I mean, that home series lost to West Virginia is hurting their RPI still. They did lose the home series. That is still haunting them. And the home series to Wake is hurting them. So, but yeah, I mean, with this finishing as strong as they have, if they can go, I I said one one and two might be iffy. If they go two and one in Greensboro or like Durham, uh, they they would probably. I think they would get in. Kind of at the. Because they tweeted the, the 11th hour here, they were kind of saving their season out of kind of out of nowhere. I mean, you it know, really it is out of nowhere. I mean, I mean, outside of Matthew Crownover, yeah, that's pretty much the only thing they've had right all year. Right, because the offense to. has been varying. Because mm-hmm. I will say, Chris Oakey's gotten hot, mm-hmm. and Chris Oakey, last I checked, uh, had started hitting some for some power, and this team really kind of needed that because uh, the, inter- the the shoulder injury to Tyler Krieger, he still hit, but he hasn't really hit for much pop this year, but. Rollman got the great start. You know, he's got a lot of RBIs. He's kind of gotten going a little bit for them offensively. Uh, I'm not a huge Steven Duggar guy, but he does walk a ton. He's got 52 walks this year. Um, this season like they've gotten going a little bit offensively, and it's been a little bit more of a team effort. But Oki providing that power in the middle of their lineup seems like he's the guy that a lot of things revolve around there. And they've really kind of started to figure some things out pitching-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, kudos to Clemson for getting things figured out. And it's come at the expense of the Seminoles. Yeah, and the Florida State costs itself a, na- a top eight national seed. Uh, they've got to win some games, I think, in Durham to make sure they're a national, uh, they're, they're a, a regional host and a one seed. Because, Jim, if you measure them, their resume right there with Florida with Notre Dame's, what's the big separator for Florida State besides the Florida midweek games? Is that, that's, that seems like that's the big separator. But in the league, I guess Florida State has a little bit better top Hundred record. Yeah, they are twenty spots higher in the RPI. That's, right. But yeah, I mean, yeah, you're trying to look at what Florida State's actually done. I mean, their best series wins. Trying to, I mean, they did win at Virginia, which looks good now. It made that's kind of value of that series has kind of fluctuated. But uh, I'm trying to look. I mean, they won at Miami, so that's kind of what you can. That's the what they're hanging win, out their hat on. The series but, wins at Miami and at NC State mm, are two big ones that they have. Yeah, I mean, they do have two those sweeps of uh, or not. UNCW and two out of three from Coastal, so those are nice non-conference wins. But um, losing a series of Georgia's hurting—that's <laughs> not, not that healthy. good. But uh, yeah, I mean they're—I mean just seventeen and thirteen. That's not really in fourteenth in the RPI. That's not national seed uh, numbers. There, material, I mean they're—they're yeah. they're not Penske material right now. You know, <laughs> exactly. Second week in a row, I might have used that. But, uh, <laughs> that's all right. I, I set you up for it. That's yeah. why. That's why I use that. Um, but, uh, I mean, they're nine and twelve on the road. It's just not. There's nothing that loud anymore. I mean, if they had finished in second in the conference, you know, if they had finished strong, if they had, um, if they'd won that, I mean, you can't even forgive them for losing to Louisville. But if they had win one yeah. game at home against Clemson, yeah, don't that's get not asking too much. That's yeah. really not asking too much. I, in my mind, they're totally out of the top, the, the national seed picture, and don't get swept by Notre Dame. <laughs> yeah, a bad on. and a bad finish to the regular season. I think. I mean, to the, in the tournament, like a mm-hmm. one and two yeah. week or an zero and three week, I think Florida State's in danger of losing uh, as being a host because the state of Florida, to me, is in flux. And FAU is right in that mm-hmm. same league. I don't think FAU's going to host anymore either, Jim. But no, but you know, it would be a long shot. But it, yeah. It's a long shot. But last week's hosts, uh, Oklahoma State, you had as one of our hosts. 
We have a podcast question from Adam Bivens out in Edmond, Oklahoma, about this. I enjoy your college baseball podcast. You guys do a great job. Thank you, Adam. Wondering what you thought of the chances of the Oklahoma State Cowboys getting a national seed and hosting a super regional, assuming, of course, they win their regional, if they were to win the Big 12 tournament. It would be the two seed going in. However, they did win two of three in Fort Worth, and winning the Big 12 tournament would be impressive unless Oklahoma does it. Then it's a fluke. I'm just kidding. Thank you for your time. First of all, I love the dig. I love the rivalry dig. Second of all, Jim, Oklahoma State and the Big 12. We've talked about the Big 12 as one of the biggest disappointments in the country all year. We thought this was a, a league with four kind of titans. Now we've got TCU and Oklahoma State in the top 15 in the RPI and no one else other than uh, in the top 70. You have two yeah. teams in the 70s. So Texas Tech and Oklahoma out, right? Correct. Bubble out. Uh, not, not even, even on the bubble. bubble yeah, not, not even, even on the bubble. Not even in the uh, on the survey there. What do you, and only one team, TCU, with a top 50 record above 500, which is amazing to me. Is that the big thing for Oklahoma State? Their top 50 record's only 79. I mean, top 100, they're 20 and 14, 9 and 9 on the road, RPI of 13. First of all, they have a little bit better case than Florida State in some ways. Yeah, I agree. As a, I mean, are, could they be a national seed if they win the Big, Ten, Big 12 tournament, or is that not I enough? think if they win it, if they beat TCU in the final. Maybe, I think they would have to. That would have to happen, and they would probably have to get a chain of events elsewhere. Like these, some of these SEC teams would have to bomb out early, and um, you know, if maybe uh, Miami struggles or something like that. I mean, it, it would probably take something, take something like that to uh, for them to get in there. I mean, the other team that's kind of complicates things is Dallas Baptist, who still last yep. check is still hanging on to number one in the RPI. Right. Um, and I was this, this was. Go off on a tangent here, but it was awesome since it's been on my mind about uh, you know being number one in the RPI. Do they get a national seed? Well, I looked. At, there's only been once in the last ten years that a, a team, a mid-major team that didn't win its regular season title, got a, a national seed. That was uh, Fullerton in 2009, finished second in the Big West, and uh, second to Irvine. And both them and Irvine got national seeds. And then the common denominator is that Fullerton team was also number one in the RPI. So. Right. There is precedent for it, so I mean, to think if so, it's kind of, so DBU kind of complicates. If they if DBU wins the the uh, Missouri Valley tournament, presume you presume they would hold on to number one. I think if they lose, if they especially if they're losing to Wichita or whoever, they would right. probably drop them out of number one. But if they can do that, win that tournament, hang on to number one, then they probably would. The DBU probably would get a national seed. Um, I think that's what it would take. But so that might. That's a complicated. That would probably would knock out, or probably would deny a team like Oklahoma State. But that's a two bid league. TCU's mm-hmm. a top eight national seed, pretty much. TCU will up. be, yep. But I mean, the Big Twelve just TFCO is a league for exactly. the whole league. I mean, just TFCO. Uh, thanks for coming out. And Dallas Baptist, like you said, that's a jumping off point. We moved Missouri State up to eight this week. Mm-hmm. Is Missouri State if they win the conference tournament? Could they be a national seed, Jim? It they feels could. Like they could. They could. I mean, you're 41 and 10. That's you amazing. Won that league. You only go 18. And Going three. away. Yeah. They won the league. That's by the problem five with. Games. Yeah. That's the problem with. Why it makes so hard. DBU. It's so hard to figure with DBU. I mean, you don't feel like a team that finishes in second place by three games is worthy of a national seed. But I mean, obviously the precedent yeah, is there with number one, uh, number one RPI. But anyway, with. And then, Bradley, State. and then that in that league, Bradley's yeah. going to be really tough to figure. Jim, they've lost five straight. I can't. 
21 RPI, but they can't be in the bubble. They can't be in. They go 10 and 11, I think 10 and 11, right? And the. uh, a team that goes ten and eleven in the Missouri Valley is not getting. It should not get in that large. Does it feel like? It, it? Uh, I just can't see that being deserving. I mean, you know, they for like with the kind of game to the RPI with all these road games. That's the only reason they're up there. I mean, they haven't actually beaten anyone that great. I think they might have beaten Iowa or something in some uh, midweek games. But they went. Correct. They just got swept by Missouri State. They went. They lost two out of three to DBU. So they go one and five against the two good teams in their conference. They also lost a series to Illinois State. That's the killer. Just, the yeah, killer that is, is the losing killer. that series to Illinois State. So I just can't see. Uh, I just can't see the committee rewarding a team that goes ten and eleven in a mid-major conference with a with an at-large. Maybe I'm if they you. go, if they lose in the final of the conference tournament, so maybe they will have beaten at least one of DBU or Missouri State. I forget who they're lined up with, but maybe then. But I think that's what it would take. I'll tell you what, Jim, it's wide open on the hosting thing, too, isn't it? I mean, like yeah, in last is. week's Field of 64, you had Iowa hosting. Not anymore. Okay, not anymore. Yep. Iowa had a terrible yep, weekend, losing two out of three at Rutgers. Um, had college Charleston hosting, I think that's still going to happen. I think they'll, st- they'll, st- they'll still be in there this week. We had Cal as a host, and that's on the borderline. They play, They got to win that finale today yep. uh, against Southern Cal. And then they've got Oregon State, and the O-State Ballers are on the They're- way up. I think Oregon State, to me, the winner of that Oregon State-Cal series is going to host. Mm-hmm. I don't think I'm crazy to say that, do I? I think you're right. I mean, I think if... Cal's if, more on the bubble for hosting than Oregon State, right? Yeah, yeah. Oregon State would be higher on the uh, pecking order. I think if SC wins tonight, they would probably get it in the next projection I do because of where their RPI is. I think they're 22 yeah. or 21. Yeah. So if they win tonight, they would probably get inside the top 20. So I'd probably give it to them uh, for the of another projection tomorrow morning. Uh, but if, if Cal wins, then, because it, it is fun, kind of fun the way it lines up, where you have Cal at Oregon State and then ASU at um, the Trojans this coming weekend, which is kind of going to get uh, snowed under with all these conference tournaments we're all going to be buried in. But, but the um, big, we, that's what we talked about is, last week. The Pac-12 yeah. is setting up for this fantastic finish, like mm-hmm. Alcoa presents. Remember, you're, you're probably too young for this, but anybody who's my age or older remembers back in the day NFL games, the two-minute warning I think on ABC, I mean on CBS and NBC, they would show Alcoa presents fantastic finishes. The Alcoa be the American uh, aluminum company of America, I believe is what it was. But if you uh, if you if you put that on the YouTube and just go Alcoa presents fantastic finishes, there any jingle. This stuff was awesome. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. I, I can't do it, but it was oh, okay. just it had a horn fanfare behind it, and there was a 1978. The Atlanta Falcons lead the Dallas Cowboys, and Steve Barkowski throws an interception or something like that. So I grew up a Falcons fan, that's why I remember that. I believe it was 1980 when the Falcons had 2,000 yard rushers, or it came very close to it. William Andrews, Lynn Kane. I digress. Um, William Andrews, I believe they might have both gone to Auburn. Anyway, um, yeah, I digress. Uh, but the Pac-12, we did set this up last week mm-hmm. about the Pac-12 having this fantastic finish with those four teams. Yeah. And it's really setting up that way that two of those teams are definitely going to host. It feels like it's opening up for three, Jim. It feels like it it's is. opening up for four or five West Coast hosts, uh, three or four from the Pac-12, mm-hmm. and maybe one more from the Big West. Because mm-hmm. i got to feel like yep. Cal State Fullerton's moving up on the outside. They are. They really are. I mean, I think where are they? They're, what, They're 29 20? in the RPI. And this we weekend, we didn't rank get, them this week, mm-hmm. but this is a hot team. They just swept Hawaii at Hawaii. I don't know Hawaii's in any great shape, but they swept the series. Mm-hmm. They got Long Beach State this weekend. 
probably would have helped if they'd won that midweek at UCLA, considering how high UCLA is in the RPI. But sweep of Hawaii previous weekend, won the series of Santa Barbara previous weekend, sweep at Riverside previous weekend, won the series at Irvine. Um, and they have played a very strenuous schedule. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're number 22 in the strength of schedule. I feel like that's only n- not higher because some teams like Maryland and mm-hmm. some of the Big West teams have just been okay. But I feel like Fullerton's moving up on the outside. If they win the Big West, could they be a regional host? I think they could. They very well could, especially if they sweep uh, Long Beach. I mean, and if they do that, they'd finish 19-5, uh, and five, and that's... That's 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 hosting caliber. If you put up a conference record, that that gaudy. Is, so. is is Santa Barbara assured of being a one seed even if it finishes second in the Big West? That's what I'm kind of. That is kind of that is the that is, that's a legitimate question. I mean, their their RPI did climb this week because uh, they beat Irvine. So which Irvine is now kind of that's teams squarely the on the direction. bubble, yep. squarely on the bubble. But um, anyway, so yeah, I mean, I think UCSB if they can finish if they can. Finished tied for the conference title. If they were to uh, sweep, uh, who are they playing this week? Or, uh, about Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara. Oh, they're at Riverside. So yeah, they got to sweep. sweep they really have to. Santa Riverside yeah, won yeah, 15 you, games. Yeah. So assume they sweep that series. If Fullerton would only win two out of three, so those teams tie. I mean, no, Fullerton would technically technically be the champion because they won head to head. But I think that would probably be enough to get UCSB a one seed to get a share of the conference title for Fullerton. Yeah, I mean, they're definitely. They put there. themselves in the mix. They have. They might. They probably. I don't know if they can. I mean, Long Beach is seventy three in the RPI, and it's at home, so it doesn't give you as much right potential to jump up uh, as it would if they were on the road. But I mean, there's there are chances there. The chances there if they can, especially if they win the title outright. If they sweep the series and win it outright, they could very well be a host. Small aside, not a good year for members of the 2002 Anaheim Angels uh, World Series champions as college coaches. Because mm-hmm. Darren Erstad taking over at Nebraska, they've gone pretty much all in on the Fullerton small ball thing with Mike Kirby and Ted Silva mm-hmm. as their assistant coaches. I love those guys. Love, yeah, I love, you know, all the Titans. But Nebraska, pretty offensively impotent, nine and fourteen in the Big Ten, yeah. barely in the tournament as an eight seed by a half game over the Gophers. Uh, I don't care that Nebraska's a thirty-nine RPI. Yeah, that team is in. not getting in, right, nope. Jim? Nope. And Troy Percival, first year's head coach for the for the Highlanders, thirteen oh, yeah. and thirty-nine, TFCO UC Riverside, two wins in the league. They've lost twelve straight. Again, big league success is not a predictor. Of college success, they are two different sports in a lot of ways. As hard as it is for a college football coach to go to the NFL and succeed there, it's pretty hard for a college for a major leaguer to come down yeah. and coach college baseball. It was your most successful. Uh, it was like Tony Gwynn player. in a lot of yeah. ways. Honestly, it was Coach Gwynn, and they didn't have Buffalo success at San Diego State, but they produced big leaguers, mm-hmm. and he went to two regionals yep, multiple times. I mean, I'm sure there's someone else. That I'm not thinking of off the top of my head. We've done this story so many times. But like John Pulaski briefly was in the big leagues. He had some success at College of Charleston. Mm-hmm. Van Slaw, not, not so much at BYU. Uh, Dave Anderson, when he was over at Memphis, no, they've had much more success under Darren Schoenrock. So, and then as far as big league name, you know, big names, it's Erstad. I mean, Erstad still could. Certainly Nebraska's yeah, pretty good. Yeah, I mean, they good were good last year, last year yeah. And so they were good this year. They just didn't fulfill expectations. No. Yeah, you know, 34 and 21, but. Nine and twenty-four in the league, not going to get it done. But that league, Jimmer, you're, where you're going, the Big Ten, full of bubble teams. It's bubblicious. It is. I mean, 
Michigan State right there on the bubble. Maryland on the bubble. Ohio State and Indiana on the bubble. I mean, like, if, if Indiana and Ohio State were tied for third in the league like Maryland and Michigan State are, they'd be in. But Ohio yep. State's a game behind those two teams. So it feels like the only teams that are for sure in from the Big Ten are Illinois and Iowa. What's the ceiling for bids from the Big Ten? Five? I think five is probably the ceiling. I mean, right now we've got... Uh... It's tough. It's all these. I mean, it's just tough to handicap right now because all these teams are. It's kind of weird. The teams that are lower in the standings are, right, you know, better in the, the RPI. Conference. So that yeah. kind of is, it makes it tough to. It's not very clear cut. Um, it really. Isn't. I mean, Maryland. Wow. Yeah, I know. I've, I've stood up for the Terps all year, so I'm. I think they've got a. Uh, I think <laughs> losing. I will say this for the Terps. I think losing Taylor Styles really kind of. Screwed them. They had kind of stepped into that number two pitching, number two role in the rotation. I think that uh, happened in that Fullerton series. Yeah, I was there for that. He got hit by the line drive. I think that kind of, that really kind of set them off the rails a bit. They've kind of been the rest of the rotation's been kind of jumbled since then. But anyway, that said, they, they, they so, scored two runs and their two losses. Yeah, that's what's most surprising. Yeah, they've been pretty offensive all year until that series. But anyway, so they're they're fifty nine now. They've got to win multiple games at least uh, this week. Uh, the Spartans, they. We're in, yeah. They were in good shape, and then you go and lose to uh, Minnesota, or I think was it Minnesota? I forget who they lost to this week. But we can uh, look I that up. But they, uh, but, it was um, Minnesota. You yeah, I thought it. so. Um, so they're down to forty-eight. I mean, that's very borderline. If they, I mean, third place is good. Fourteen and ten is not gaudy, though. Right. So they probably they're they need to win a game or two. Um, Ohio State kind of struggled at the end, even though they're good in the RPI. They, I wouldn't want to go. Two and Q, if you're them, right? And Indiana probably feels like they're in the best shape, even though they only went twelve and ten, just because they finished strong. They have a good they top hundred record. They do. They they beat Maryland. They beat Ohio State. They beat Fullerton a while ago. Um, they beat Long Beach State, which was another. Uh, they beat Stanford when Stanford was good. So maybe that gets you a little credit for that one. But uh, when Stanford was at full strength, but uh, right. So I mean, I kind of feel like Indiana might be in the best shape. I mean, certainly if they if they go two and Q, they probably wouldn't get in. I think that's probably say that for all these teams. Whoever goes uh, those elimination games on the uh, the second day of the tournament probably be pretty intense. But yeah, um, I feel so, yeah. bad. For, I feel bad for Michigan. Yeah, they're, they, that's they kind of a weird a spot. bad start to the year. Uh, you know, losing the series at Kansas, getting something to Nebraska, then some ugly early losses to like Tennessee Tech and Davidson. Lost that series at Long Beach State. But Travis Mazes was kind of battling this quad injury, and they just couldn't get right. They got right late. Part of it, I'm, I know, was the schedule, but they did get right, and they played better down the stretch in their in that league. Mm-hmm. And they won a series against Indiana. That's probably and they beat they beat Indiana and Maryland. That's probably their two. Uh, right, that's their they, best. They've beaten. That's the best thing on their resume. Mm-hmm. But it feels like there's no way Michigan could get in that large bid with an no, 81. No, not at 81. RPI they can't come. They can't make. That's too. Bridge too far. Does feel like there's eight good teams there, but Jim, I guess the real question is Illinois. They've won 26 in a row. How I'm very, you, I'm very fired up. That's, I'm very fired up. That streak is still alive. I get to, I could see them. I mean, are like they? I'm, we have them what sixth in the rankings? Uh, fifth or fourth? Let's count it down. Let's, let's look at it. Actually, we have them fourth. We moved nope. them. How them four? I forgot. So, LSU, UCLA, Louisville, TCU, Florida, Vanderbilt. All these teams have been in our rankings. In the top ten all year, it feels like. Maybe Florida dipped out a little bit. But Illinois seems like the team that... That's the one that, you know... I, I feel like we know the least about in terms of what they played nationally on their schedule. Mm-hmm. Their best non-conference win is that series win against Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. And Oklahoma State, I, you know, 
how good is the Big 12 this year? Obviously, we don't think that good. So, but 21 and 1 in the league, 26 straight wins, 17 and 3 against the top 100. I mean, what's the knock on Illinois in your mind? Is there a knock? I'll tell you, just, just seeing Louisville in person, for example, I thought the knock on Louisville was, boy, their middle infield defense a little shaky. Mm-hmm. Sutton Whiting and Devin Harrison, I don't know. If I'm looking at LSU, what's the knock on them? Well, it's a very young pitching staff. We've talked about it all year. I like how they've mixed and matched, but would you want to go into the postseason with all freshmen and sophomore pitchers? Not necessarily. No. Uh, UCLA, that could be a little spotty offensive team. You know, it's a very top-heavy lineup, I guess is what I'd say, for UCLA. Um, Louisville, I mentioned. TCU, you know, they've really played to their ballpark. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like TCU, I don't even know if there's really a glaring weakness on TCU either, to be honest with you. They might be the best suited to TD Ameritrade. And actually, if I were picking a national championship team today, I think I'd pick TCU. Mm-hmm. Because they're going to be home in regionals. They're going to be home in supers. Their park plays big. And they are the best, the team that is best suited, in my mind, to TD Ameritrade. New balls or not, they are athletic on defense. They really pitch. I, I'm pick, if, right now, I'm picking TCU. And they've just got three studs in their rotation. They've like I mean, like, they, they have like five exactly. or six studs. That's I mean, they have. have, I mean, when you got um, Morrison and Alexander, I mean, all three of those guys, I mean, even if one has a bad start, I'm not you're betting, not. I'm not betting not, against any of those no. guys on the mound. It's just so hard to beat them uh, if you're going to win two games against them. It's very difficult to beat Oklahoma TCU Oklahoma State did it back. somehow, but that's yeah. and that, that's, and so that's, that's their the that's one. their uh, that's to their that's their feather in their cap. But, it, yeah. it is, and it's a, it's a good one. But but for Illinois, I, I feel like they're almost like TCU. Mm-hmm. I don't see an obvious flaw in this no, team. Tough. Maybe they're not dynamic athletically, but the scouts I've talked to like them. A pretty athletic team. I, I like their lineup. They're older. I like that part of mm-hmm. it. And they've got two guys in Duchesne and Jay. Whatever scouts want to think of Kevin Duchesne, and I've talked to a lot of them about him and the makeup there, this is not the guy you want as your daughter to bring home. We'll put it that way. But that guy's got guts. Mm-hmm. That guy has chutzpah, however you want to put it. Kevin Duchesne ain't scared of anything. And Tyler J isn't either. And Tyler J just dominates, whether it's extended, shorter relief outings. They've got other pitchers who are solid, like Drayson Johnson. I don't see a big weakness there either. I think no. Illinois is for real. Do you think they're I, – I think they're for real. How On the 1 to 10 or the 2080 for real scale, I'm saying they're a 65 for real. Where, where, where would you put them? I'll probably go with 60. I think uh, – if I was going to lob, lob one uh, you know, needle at the, the balloon there is you just look at their Big Ten schedule. They did not play Iowa. They didn't play the Terps. Interesting. Um, they did play Nebraska, and Nebraska is obviously really down here. They they did play at Ohio State. That's probably the big the best yeah. Big Ten series they they had, and that was impressive. They, and go, they pretty go much there, shut. Oh, they go there and yeah, dominate. Just dominate that series, pretty pretty much on, on in all facets. So that's, but you know the, the schedule is the one thing you could kind of poke at them a little bit. I mean they did uh, just kind of look at their non conference touch on Oklahoma State. They beat South Florida, which is a good team from the, uh, the yep. American Conference, the uh, American Athletic uh, Sinosomo Conference there. That's right. Yeah. You liked that, didn't you? That was pretty good. Um, <laughs> shout out to Vince Laura there. But, uh, yeah, I, mean, I think that's kind of the one thing you might be able to uh, nitpick. I mean, the strength schedule is 148, so that's right. ordinary. Yeah, that's, that's very ordinary. Um, it's about halfway through the whole thing. Yeah. So you're almost right smack dab in the middle. Uh, you mentioned the American 
So I think you're, I understand why you have 60 on, on, on Illinois. Houston's going to host, aren't they? Yeah, they're going to be. They won the league regular season. Uh, I think they're going to they're going to be the team that replaces Iowa the next one uh, next one I do. I feel like that league is a potential forbid league. Mm-hmm. The top it did kind of cannibalize itself a bit. I mean, look at uh, I mean Memphis really fell off. UConn was in the running. I mean, I think they're they finished eleven and thirteen. That's right. not going to do it. Uh, UCF kind of got they really dipped. They kind of fought back a little bit, but then they lose their uh, last series of the year. So. To uh, the uh, the Bulls there, that was a really important series for UCF and USF, a really uh, yep. rivalry showdown there to get it get back on the right side of the bubble for one of them. Uh, the Bulls won it, so I think they'll probably stick around. They were one of my last teams in, but uh, they were able to finish over 500. So you kind of look at it's kind of stratified there. You got those four teams with Houston, the Pirates, yes, um, Pirates, Tulane, and and the Bulls. Those four teams will probably be the four that are in right now. Uh, the other. Obviously, the other three we can take out Cincinnati, but Memphis, UConn, UCF, those teams all have to do. Uh, those teams have to go pretty far down in uh, clear water. Jim, I tell you, the team that may have uh, shot itself in the foot the most this weekend might have been Liberty. Yep. Liberty in the Big South. The Big South was set up to be a three bid league, crazy with Coastal Carolina. I watched a little Coastal on TV this weekend Plus on the, the American Campbell, Sports Network. Yes, I did. Go for the but, Camels. But boy, uh, I cannot imagine Liberty with a lot on the line. Losing two out of three at home, the high point. Really stunned by that. Um, feels like Liberty at 52 in the RPI and tied for third in the, le- in the league with Winthrop is not a regional team. Winthrop. Yeah, no, I don't think so. I mean, they really... Because they lost head-to-head to Radford and Coastal. And I think their their top 100 record is not very good, if I remember correctly. If I can pull it up. They're 4-8 against the top 50. Nine and sixteen against top hundred. That ain't gonna do it. I think the main thing, Jim, is we're saying a lot of these teams don't have regional resumes, yeah, and yet I think they're gonna get in. That is the problem I ran into last week. I found a lot more, a lot more teams with problems than uh, than, than pluses. But someone has a to plus, get in. A plus that you tweeted about in the Conference USA, Southern Miss. Southern Miss, yep. That's a league that's trending in the right direction, and that Southern Miss has gotten hot. Uh, they wound up finishing what third in that league, I believe it was. They did. They uh, yeah, they passed to, to Middle Tennessee. So they passed Middle. They Tennessee finished tied with the FAU actually. So, yeah. At the top fifty RPI, they're second in that league. Uh, it feels like, and, and again, the trends are positive. So it feels like Southern Miss is going to be bubble in, right? I think so. Uh, I, think I expect so. Um, I forget what the format of that conference tournament is. If it's double elimination or pool play, I think I want to say they went to pool play a few years ago. But anyway. So when you're 47, you still don't have much margin for error. But they're certainly all their numbers are good on the road. They're over 500 against the top 100, uh, over 500 against the top 50. Finished tied for second. And they, have, they haven't lost a game to take Yeah, and you finished your so you're what uh, 13 and two in your last 15 going into the tournament. So yeah, I mean right now they would be in. I think that's that's a pretty safe bet. They've got some thump. Uh, guys like Lynch and Barron can hit the ball for some power, and they've uh, and James McMahon they've developed an ace, you know, kind of in the classic USM style of sinker baller. Little guy, who was the uh, guy they had? Uh, oh, oh, guy was there forever. It was a Friday guy, little right hander. I can a picture Nick him. Something was the no. name. I cannot remember the guy's name, but it feels like he was there forever. I wrote about him for the draft for a long time, but McMahon has just been. Just money for them. After last year, throwing 10 innings, he threw six innings the year before that. Um, so a guy who's obviously battled back um, to become an unlikely ace for uh, for Southern Miss. And, uh, and kudos to, to Southern Miss and for Coach Barry and those guys 
for rallying like they have down the stretch of the year to, to get themselves in regional position, I, I feel like they've got to be an at-large team. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, last week, your first four out were Virginia, Kentucky, Central Florida, South Carolina. We've mentioned all those teams. Alabama, UConn, Indiana, Memphis were other out. It feels like it's going to be a very tumultuous uh, field of 64, Jim. It is. Because there are going to be some teams that are going to get in that don't really have the resume to get in. But someone you got to take 64 teams, exactly. right? Exactly. Yep, someone's got to get in. Someone's got to get in. Uh, we'll be there to cover it. We will be back next Monday with the podcast. Very enthusiastic. Someone's got to get in. <laughs> Someone's got to get in. Hey, you know, it's just the draft this year. Someone's got to be a first yeah, rounder. Exactly. Uh, it's the same way. So, uh, about sixty-four teams will get in, or one oh, will get in. One team will uh, will leave in the end with the championship. We'll podcast next week on uh, the uh, selection Monday. Selection Monday. Yep. We're going to do some of that over video. It feels like uh, as much as we can over video. Mm-hmm. And uh, obviously we'll podcast. Uh, probably not the usual righteous anger because, again, somebody's got to get in. Yeah, there's you know? not, I can't imagine too many teams that are you know, going to be uh, too aggrieved to not get in. Yeah, they're going to have some pretty mediocre resumes yeah. and they're going to feel aggrieved. But, I mean, we get it. Yeah, they'll always feel aggrieved. But exactly. Yeah. I get it. And uh, that bitterness is not going to go away for a lot of those teams. But good stuff on the podcast this week, Jim. Uh, get, get to it with the Field of 64. Uh, he's at Jim Schoner, B.A. Make sure you give him a follow. I'm at John Manuel, B.A., and this is the Baseball America Podcast. We'll see you next week, brought to you once again by Louisville Slugger. Visit them at Slugger Nation on Twitter and Instagram. Until then, so long, everybody. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.